Welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where each week we find ways to gently rebel against the nonsense that overwhelm and exhaustion are just the price you pay to have the life you want. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, Before I start, I have an exciting announcement. You can use the word ease, E-A-S-E, as a code to get 70% off my tiny, huge, life-changing course called Overwhelmed to Ease. And what I love about this course is it's very rich, but it doesn't require effort from you. Arguably, that's what I do all the time. But this is... um, This is an amazing course. I'm really proud of it because I've poured so much knowledge and wisdom into it and it works very well because you only have to listen for a few minutes each day and just you don't have to do anything with it. You just let it wash over you. But it invites you to do more if you want. But it also stops you from feeling like you ought to do more because it's all about the how, not the what. It's it's difficult to explain. Um, It's genius. I don't think I'm selling it very well, am I? I don't need to sell it. It's a beautiful course. Please, please, please take up the opportunity to get a whacking 70% off by using the code EASE, E-A-S-E, this February. You can go to my website and find it, Overwhelmed to Ease, or you can click the link below in the show notes. Okay, on with today. So, there is no pot of ease at the end of your to-do list. This is the good news. It's also the bad news. Let's unpick that. The bad news is there's no pot of ease at the end of your to-do list. You know this because you've reached a stage in your life where it just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't seem to matter how much you get done. It doesn't matter how organised you get. It doesn't matter how much you exhaust yourself and push through the overwhelm to get stuff done. You're not getting that feeling of ease. And when you do get it, it's fleeting because your to-do list just fills up again, right? It's a bit like saying if you have one meal, you never need to eat again because you've you've dealt with your hunger. Or you're really thirsty, you have a glass of water and you'll never be thirsty again. It's not how things work. There's a reason and it's a good reason that your to-do list keeps filling up. And that's because you're living. And if you're a typical listener to this podcast, you want to live your life to the full. So you want a lot. You want well-paid, uh, fulfilling work without destroying your health, your relationships, your sanity, you know, without losing yourself, without losing the ability to switch off and have fun, which means you're always going to have a to-do list filling up. Now, everybody has a to-do list that fills up. It's just that some people don't create a to-do list and don't do anything with their lives. Whether they're happy or not, I don't know. They're not my people. That's not who this podcast is for. And other people have a to-do list which they're really rigid with and they keep getting through and they keep getting through and they enjoy the process of ticking things off. But behind that, there's still the stress of feeling like if they don't do that, if they don't have that control, um, kind of disaster will happen. So if you think about it, we, we get stuck in the, unless I get all of these things done, something terrible will happen. And some of the terrible things are fake emergencies, but other ones are missed opportunities. So those of us who want to live life to the full It can be a combination of both. And it's worth noticing where your attention is right now. So if you've been following me for a while and you use the one minute mark and you use Unexpectedly Lovely and you use messy journaling, you use the morning promise, you you use my tools, you're probably, if you're doing it in a way um, that it's taught, a way that is genuine and really committed, you're probably not dealing so much with that original overwhelm, the the one where you can't think straight, um, 
you're procrastinating a lot, life just feels really, really hard and you're surfing that verge of burnout. You're probably more in the, this is where I tend to go now, the overwhelmed by opportunities, because that's what happens. It's not that the, it's not that we get rid of overwhelm. I think this is really important. We're not trying to get rid of overwhelm as in a bit like drinking the water. I never, we get rid of thirst. Um, what we're doing with these skills is saying, I choose to not push through overwhelm. I, I'm done with overwhelm. Overwhelm isn't how I do things. I don't like pressure. I don't like overwhelm. I want to be able to think straight. So what we do is we notice the overwhelm, whatever its cause is, then we notice it neutrally. So sometimes it's that feeling like you're being pulled back into the old burnout type overwhelm, but you have to resist that. Oh, no, I'm not going backwards. I'm really skilled. I know what to do. I've noticed it. It's the noticing that matters more than anything else. But the problem is the noticing can feel painful. Oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. What's wrong with me? I've been practicing Heidi's techniques for ages and I was feeling so much better. Noticing that doesn't feel very good, but it's actually a really good sign. It's when we don't notice. So I burn out by not understanding what was going on, not realizing that I was overwhelmed. Because I was I was handling everything brilliantly. I was spinning plates on spinning plates and I was winning. But the truth was I was exhausted. I was grumpy. Um, I found it really hard to switch off. And when I added in fun and exercise and all of the good stuff after work, that just became another thing to do. So life just got really strict and pressured, even the doing the good stuff, the fun stuff. I'm not saying work isn't good. I loved my work as well. But everything became just hard. It's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be easier than this, but we have to find our own way. So what we're doing instead is we're using the overwhelm. So the, the overwhelm is inevitable because the human mind is just how it is. It's um, designed or evolved to just get easily overwhelmed to keep you safe. So it gets overwhelmed because then it shuts down the prefrontal cortex. So you can't think because you don't want to be thinking when faced with a serious emergency. If there's a bear growling at you, you don't want to be going, oh, I wonder what to do. I wonder if this is a brown bear or a black bear. That's where I'm stuck with bears because I remember reading about bears and go, there's apparently you do different things depending on the type of bear. So I'd be hopeless. Oh, I don't know. Am I supposed to run or hide? Or, or I don't know. That's the thing. You don't want to be thinking. You want to be using instinct. You want to go into the whatever's going to save your life. I don't honestly know enough about bears, but I do know about the human nervous system and the mind because I've studied it both in a psychology degree and through my um, positive psychology certificate and through coaching and through Zen yoga. So I've kind of geeked out. I have. I don't know why I say that. Do you do that? Self-deprecation. I kind of geek out on it. I do. I have geeked out on it. And I'm absolutely fascinated. I love people, fascinated by how, how we can live fully, you know, easily. I don't like the term our best self. I've just, ugh, something about that I don't like. It feels a bit like a straight jacket. I don't want to be my best self. I just want to live. I don't want to have to have this other pressure of either pressure or limitation of the term my best self. There's something about it I don't like. Anyway, that's beside the point. So the human mind is easily... Um, overwhelmed in order to keep you safe, safe, but not necessarily happy. So we just know that we accept that that's just how things are. It's just the way things are. Sorry, I'm back into babe, the sheep pig. It's just the way things are. Um, and so we now know that we can do something about it. And the reason that you're here is because I'm assuming you've reached that stage where the things that used to work for you aren't working anymore. And that's when we come to that crunch point when we say I'm done 
I want, I, I'm not, I don't want to quit. I don't want to retire. I don't want to give up my relationships. I don't want to give up my health. I want my sanity back. I want to feel good. I want to feel like me again. So I'm going to do something about it. So for me, this is learning about overwhelm because it's not taken seriously. I didn't even know about it. And I burnt out like a frog boiling in water. So overwhelm is inevitable. It's going to happen. So the choice is to learn how to make it optional. And then from that point, that's when we can start creating a life that works for us rather than working for our life. When all of our attention is going on maintenance. <laughs> oh, God, it's hard work, isn't it? So where were we? So the bad news is there is no pot of ease at the end of your to do list. Which is really annoying because maybe they used to be or maybe there's a fleeting amount. But it's never going to end. The to-do list is never going to end in the same way as hunger, thirst, etc. It's never going to end. And that's actually a good thing. So we turn it around. The good news is there's no pot of ease at the end of your to-do list, which means you don't have to complete your to-do list to get the ease. You can have it now. Woohoo! Got it? Nice, hey? But are you believing me? This is important. Well, those of you who know this to be true because you've worked with me or you've been using the techniques in this podcast for a while, you'll know that to be true. But you can always do it more. So hang on in there. I always find there's room for more ease, that I'm not practicing ease, that I easily get into the get stuff done, get stuff done, because I love getting stuff done. There's something really satisfying about it. And because I just love life. I love the opportunities to the extent that sometimes I really don't like life because it just seems too hard because there's too much to do and I can't go. That's the swing, right? We want a full life, which means we're going to have to be able to handle the overwhelm. That's the key. Handle the overwhelm, then we can do what we want to do. So if the ease is an end of your to-do list and the overwhelm and the ease coexist, now the course I mentioned at the beginning of this episode goes into this in a beautiful way, which makes it really easy for you to just absorb and then you have it there permanently so you can keep listening to it when you want to refresh and you'll get something different each time. You know what I mean? I really like, I really love books and, and audios that are like that when you, you just get something different each time. So this week's practice is to notice more ease, regardless of where you are on your oh, journey. I'm not sure if I like that, but it is, it's an adventure. Regardless of where you are on your adventures in overwhelm, you can always up your skills. I'm always having to up my skills. It's a spiral. We go, we feel like we're going backwards sometimes, but we're not. We're just revisiting something to get a little bit more out of it. And that's a good thing because the linear path's really boring and it's also really pressured. We don't do linear. Nobody really does. Um, so here's, here's the practice. So if overwhelm and ease coexist, which they do, but your brain, your mind, is very practiced and very skilled at finding the overwhelm. You need to deliberately practice finding the ease, which means you want to go really small so that the overwhelm doesn't get in front of you and the procrastination going, this is impossible. I can't find ease. How can I possibly find even ease in the middle of this? I've got a really busy week. I'll do it next week. No, that's the thing. You've got to rebel against that nonsense. The ease you seek is here right now. You just have to find it. And the easiest way is to get out of your head, into your body, preferably your feet, because that grounds you, that makes you feel strong. And also it's the furthest place in your body away from your head. And we so need to get out of our heads, right? So do you want to join me? I'm going to place my feet firmly on the ground, even though I'm on my 
wobble stool today because I'm getting back into a bit more movement while I'm working. And feel your feet on the ground. Really get curious about the physical sensation of your feet in your shoes or your socks. Feel your feet on the ground. And then move your attention to your belly. Allow your belly to soften if it wants to. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Just notice, completely neutrally, how you feel in this moment. Maybe allow your shoulders to move away from your ears if they want to. And if they don't, that's okay. Don't try to change anything. Don't try to achieve anything. Don't even try to relax. Because ease doesn't come from trying to relax. The ease is already there. You don't need to make an effort to create it. So with your feet on the ground, softening belly or not, noticing how you feel in this moment without trying to achieve anything. Just notice anywhere in your body that feels the tiniest bit of ease, however small. Maybe a toe, maybe a little finger. Doesn't matter, just find somewhere in your body that feels at ease in this moment. Get curious and playful to help you. Curiosity, kindness. And when you found somewhere that feels at ease, focus on it. Enjoy the feeling at ease, however small. And then see if you can allow that ease to spread. Or not. Still not trying to achieve anything. Just allowing all of your focus, all of your awareness to keep coming back to the tiny amount of ease or whatever ease you found over and over again. I'm going to leave you with that practice. If you want an audio similar to that, but without this specialising on ease bit, make sure you get the one minute mark if you haven't already. Use it regularly. This stuff works, but you have to decide to use it. And then once you're in the flow of using the one minute mark, you can bring in the ease practice. So the one minute mark is super neutral, but we can use it to focus on different things. So when we want to focus on something really lovely like ease, we can just move our attention because it's an attention moving practice. And because it tends to allow the nervous system to reset. Notice what I said there. It tends to allow the nervous system to reset. We're not trying to reset the nervous system. There are a ton of things you can do to purposely try to relax and reset your nervous system. This is a step before that. This is a trusting in yourself, in your body, in your own nervous system, in your own mind, in your own intention, your own control, your own autonomy. To say, I'm bringing my attention back to myself with love because I matter. And this takes moments, moments in your day. Do it, feel better. It's a choice. 
Overwhelm and ease coexist. There is no pot of ease at the end of your to-do list, which is a good thing because it means you don't have to complete your to-do list or retire or downsize, wait for a holiday, or wait for the evening, or wait for a weekend, or wait, wait, wait. You don't have to at all. You can have it now. Ease now. Because there is only now. <laughs> and we want ease, right? We're done with overwhelm and pressure and exhaustion and postponing the good stuff. Rebel. Choose ease now. Have an unexpectedly lovely week. See you next week. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do take a little moment of your time to share it, like it, etc. to help other people find it. And if you'd like to know more about my work, please go to www.tidymark.co.uk.